What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin Josh. We are once again live. We think we may have figured this out. Maybe. Fingers crossed. Not so sure. Josh, how are you feeling about this? I'm, I'm excited this works because it uh, looks pretty sweet. I like the new layout you have going on here. And hopefully now when I move around a lot when I talk, because that's what I do after watching that YouTube video, I just kind of like shake a lot. Uh, I won't be so jittery looking and uh, stuttery. Sweet. Kev, how, how are you? I mean, great. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find like it on our YouTube site, but I'm just technically challenged at the moment. So it's fine. So, so for those listening, um, we basically stumbled upon a really cool service called restream, uh, that in theory is streaming this live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter at the moment. It looks like we have a couple people watching on Twitter. So for those of you watching, welcome, um, you guys can apparently add comments somewhere so please let us know how it's going um we uh, have a comment from laura ellen that just says hello that we can now put on the screen which is pretty sweet so hello laura ellen um share your thoughts we got a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about tonight and uh you know we would love to have the conversation with you all um and uh and, and sort of see where this goes like we said this is a new thing that we're trying out um but uh if it works it seems like it could be fun and a really cool way to hang out and talk to hounds every week so um Guys, let's just get like right into it because there's a couple of big pieces of news that uh, that we need to get into today. First of all, before we even talk about anything that's like 100% hound specific, um, today the governor of Pittsburgh came out and said that outdoor events could be up to 50% capacity, which that's right now. That's not you know two months from now or a month and a half from now when the season starts. So we went from what a thousand people that would be allowed in the stadium to now like 2,500 that would be allowed in the stadium. So Kev, you're the one who's sort of on top of this. Um, what are the odds? <laughs> what are the odds that uh, we'll be at? Oh yeah. People can see my facial expressions now. <laughs> yes. We can see your facial expressions now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, look, I mean, my my involvement with all of this is like data modeling and data engineering. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a I'm not a trained medical doctor. Um, but I mean, you know, if I was I'm listening to Fauci, he's saying stuff, and uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's 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 outdoors. If it's done right, uh, you know, it's the stadium's outdoors. I would say, like, you know, you'd probably want to limit uh, indoor um mingling so uh you know inside like the the club shop or anything like that uh but yeah i mean masks and and uh and distancing and outside that's i mean it seems reasonable okay do you uh, if, uh, let's let's put it this way so we went from a thousand to two and a half thousand in what feels like two or three weeks what are the odds that we are at a hundred percent by the end of May, take a guess. I don't know. I mean, the The whole thing about this is the outdoor versus indoor thing. I heard Fauci right. recently said, like, you know, indoor entertainment things might be able to get to like half capacity by fall. So, how you want to translate that to outdoor entertainment activities? Um, you know, earlier, you you know, it's. You could probably get, yeah. So I make your own judgments. I, I feel very uncomfortable making comments about this. I am not, <laughs> I'm not 
go listen go go check the cdc website go check out you know nih website and and listen to those people there's kevin bringing us the hot takes josh how are you feeling about this do you the the way things are going you've gotten your first of two vaccines yes yeah yeah i get my second one on the 30th um i mean it like kevin was saying the live or outdoor i should say is what really makes the difference and i feel like outdoor stuff is going to be a lot faster to come back to normal than anything indoors um with that said i i don't want people to get their hopes up too much about being like just like before like even at half capacity or like if we get plus that like i got a feeling like mask mandates are still going to be a big thing and it's going to be uh, as much distancing as possible there's probably going to be other things that are going to be a little bit different than what they used to be um at least for this year uh i can see stuff like like we we usually pop smoke uh, after a goal like what's the likelihood they're going to be like cool with us popping smoke uh you know during a respiratory uh you know <laughs> pandemic it's like hmm, maybe a bad idea maybe i don't know we'll see what happens um so there's going to be some adjustments to be made and it's going to be really like if i was in the grandstand it would be one thing but like being with the steel army and like where we're normally like kind of packed in there like sardines and we're like you know chanting and hugging each other after goals and you you know it's a lot more close over there than what you would be in the grandstand so I'm, i'm wondering how different it's still going to be you know going to those games during uh like when they only have like the raffle where only certain people could come into the uh, games last season and it's completely different feel so uh well well i'm hoping for something a little bit closer to normal but i'm not expecting anything close uh to normal yet yeah yeah especially early season um it'll be interesting to see how things shake out if you know the the news or or what they're predicting is correct and that anybody any adult who wants a vaccine there will be one available for them by early may which would be awesome and that sort of kind of lines up with right around where the hound season looks like it's going to start um we had been speculating uh you know most of the usl teams they said they were going to start either end of april or early may well the hounds announced today their preseason schedule um now all of the games are closed to the public but uh, it looks like, guys, there's a couple of things that we have been asking for for years that finally has happened. So traditionally, when the Hounds have had their preseason, it's been a lot of college teams. It's been some USL2 teams, um, but not really a lot of competition. Uh, the Hounds announced starting April 1st, which totally makes this feel like an April Fool's prank, but whatever. Um, they are playing Gannon University at Highmark. Then they will play Detroit City at Highmark. Then they will play FC Cincinnati, baby! (laughs) (laughs) I didn't do my let's go. I got to do something. Um, (laughs) FC Cincinnati of MLS, followed by Louisville City, Indy 11, and then Philadelphia Union 2 is going to be on May 1st. That's Saturday, May 1st. So you have to imagine that the Hounds aren't going to be playing until probably May 8th, like regular season at the earliest. We tend to somehow end up with a bye the first week, or that's been the case since Lily's been here. So maybe another week after that, unless that bye week is us playing Philly Union 2, and then we play on the 8th. But, you know, looking, Gannon University, Detroit City, FC Cincinnati, Louisville City, Indy 11, Philly 2. I mean, as, 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 you know, uh, BGN super fan Harry pointed out, 
is FCC really MLS? That's a good question, Harry. Um, but guys, what do you, how do you feel about this? Like, Josh, what, are, what do you think about the schedule? No, it's it's kind of awesome because uh, we're used to seeing a whole bunch of colleges. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, in Gannon University, University being the only college team that we're playing in the preseason is a nice change. And the fact that we're going to be playing teams that are, you know, more towards the level we're going to be seeing during competition, during the regular season, even teams that are going to be, you know, technically above our level when it comes to FC Cincinnati. Um, technically. Tec technically. I mean, in yeah, there. yeah, technically. Uh, I think they won a couple games last season. I, I can't remember. Um, <laughs> but with that said, like, th there's other things in there that's really cool, like, like, Detroit City. Now, yeah. Detroit City is below us. They're like, you know, a couple rungs below as far as uh, the ladder goes. But it's it's a team that has a lot of hype around it and a lot of like pomp and circumstance as far as it goes. And I, the one thing that really sucks about all this is it, buried in that release was the fact that they're going to be closed to the public. Yeah. So we're not going to be able to go to these games. Ugh, that sucks because like these are the games you would want people to get hype about go to. Yeah. See what's going on. Like I would love to go see them play uh Detroit. You know what I mean? Like that'd be a lot of fun. And I imagine the way Detroit is, like I could see them having fans travel for yeah. even it's a preseason game. You're like, who cares? They're playing the team that's you know above us. Let's go support them. I could totally see Detroit doing that. So it'd be really cool if that was a possibility to go see that game. Um, now with that said, uh, I, they're not gonna be broadcast, are they? I don't know if they said they won't be on anything like, I'm know, guessing not. You know. Yeah. Um, but I fully suspect we might, uh, see some people on the bike path because there always will be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm excited. I'm glad they're actually going to get a, a real preseason with competition and be able to work it out. I'm already looking forward to being, uh, nervous about games, about injuries, about quality of play. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the, the usual preseason jitters. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Kev, how are you feeling about this preseason schedule? No, I think it's good. I think the step up to non-college teams in preseason, um, for me, I would expect, I wouldn't even expect it to, to be more of like a, a technical challenge of higher quality opposition because it's always a crapshoot of who's actually playing and what state they're in. Um, even for us, let alone, you know, the other MLS teams that we're going to play um, or, or just or or normal opposition. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing it does do is is it kind of it helps with getting ready mentally. Um, even if you're playing behind closed doors against the second string USL team, um, you know, mentally, you're still playing that badge and that uniform and that, you know, that club and that that puts you in a different mindset than playing Gannon University and the history of of all the other college teams that we played. So I think that'll be the biggest thing um, that'll be good for us. Uh, but it's I mean preseason's preseason. I, I can't get my hopes up about getting any kind of inkling of this is how we're going to play. These are the players that are going to impact and uh, you know and the players that we're up against for for other preseason games. It's it's so hard to read into, but. But it, it's it. This is good. It, this is a move in the right direction. I think. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. I think Josh, to your point about us not being allowed at the games, I think Shoes traditionally has done a great job of keeping track of every player that plays and how, for how long. And 
we're going to have no, I, I feel like we're going to have no idea going into the regular season, what this team is going to look like at all. Like it's, it's, we're, we'll look at, you know, results and, and try to pull something out of them. But otherwise, you know, even, I feel like the past few seasons guessing the starting lineup has been a bit of a crapshoot because you think, you know, and then it comes to opening day and you're like, what, uh, who? And, and yeah, this, this year, that's going to be even more the case. So, um, yeah. Um, so, uh, let's see here. Uh, we got some comments. If, if you guys are watching live on the stream, feel free to add comments either on Facebook, Twitter, or, uh, YouTube. Um, let's see here. Aldman1397 said, I'm not sure we can expect this in the future. There's an NCAA spring season because of COVID. So, um, yeah. So that means that, uh, he follows up with probably have some difficulty, uh, scheduling division one teams. I, I mean, look, Division yeah. One's loss, I think, is our gain in this case because I'd much rather see us having preseasons against Louisville and Indy and MLS teams than, you know, a bunch of college teams. So we'll see. Yeah, um, I mean, it's a good point, though. And, like, I, I would hate to see us go backwards after this, though. Like, I know yeah. it's because, like, I get that point, but, like, I don't think that really changes – being able to sign these or be able to play the preseason games against these other clubs. I, I'm wondering if they'll also see the benefit of playing against uh, opponents that are not, you know, in college level. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm hoping at least. Yeah. But to Kevin's point earlier, it, this is more of a way to, you know, test out the new players, test out the new formations and like chemistry. So maybe it doesn't matter if you're playing a college team versus a USL team or whatever. Um, but I still think it's a little bit nice to have competition that's more closer to your level so you can get a better realistic, you know, feel for your team. Yeah. I mean, I said before, it's it's a move in the right direction. And I'm like, I still believe that. Um, but I, I, I think the, the margins are pretty thin. Um, I, I think preseason is more of what you make it rather than what the opposition makes it for you. Sure. Um, and and so while I think, yeah, I mean, playing playing other teams on our level is good i'm not saying this is like oh well this will make the beginning of our season different than it has been in the previous seasons it's i i think that's more up to that's up to the players it's up to the squad that's up to lily um you know i still have an unfortunate uh expectation of us not starting the season very strong <laughs> whether whether or not this preseason is changing or not us well, that starts the preseason strong what are you talking about <laughs> that's the season's strong it hurts, man. Like, uh, I, I was looking through my Google photo stream and a year ago was when, uh, who I, uh, we went and saw that was the, there was some event that was going on. There was a preseason game and Susan and I went down and we met up with, um, Lar Allen and Justin and, uh, and who else? Polanski was there. And I think Josh, you and Liz were inside already. Um, and it's just like, uh, like not, not doing that this year. That's a that's a bummer amongst yeah. other things. So, but we're close. We're close. So stick to it. Um, Kev, you mentioned you know players and and getting a feel for you know making sure the players are healthy and in shape and all of that. We had a couple of signing news or a couple couple official signings, uh, and then one really controversial uh, thing that we're gonna we're gonna get into here. So first of all, the Hounds signed another keeper, Jake Leaker. 
um, which uh, not a ton about Jake Leaker. Um, I, you know, I, I think he's probably still going to be behind Vitiello, so we'll sort of learn and see more uh, from him as it goes on. Um, we signed defender Mikel Williams, which Williams, 30 years old, is a Trinidad and Tobago international. Um, he has played for Colorado Rapids MLS. He's played with Richmond Kickers and OKC in USL. Dude seems to have an awesome pedigree. Um, seems like one of those players that we could probably just slot right in potentially at center back. Um, it Lily made the comment that he could play anywhere along the back line, but um, you know, more depth at defense is, is, you know, that's not going to hurt us at all. So that's great. Um, and then one that is very interesting uh, <laughs> that I'd like to know who from the steel army dug this out this morning. So Casey Bartlett Scott, which Josh, I don't know if you have any insight into how this came about. So Casey is an English defender. He played at Columbia College basically through last year. The only way that we know that he's at all associated with the Hounds is that his current club, which is Ferrum Town, they're the Creeksiders in South Hampshire, England, announced via Twitter that he was leaving the team to join the River Hounds. How did anybody in the Steel Army figure this out? Because it wasn't tweeted out by the Hounds. It wasn't tweeted out by us. It was just there. I mean, this is all Dan uh, Yost, I believe, uh, as far as he's the one that controls the Twitter account. And he's he's one of the only uh, Steel Army and board members that's up that early. Uh, so, like, I definitely know it was him. But uh, most of us on the board, we do have a lot of uh, notifications set up uh, for uh, any searches, or not searches, what is it? Any, like, uh, Google, uh, like, when Google scrapes the web, all that kind of stuff, and anything Riverhounds related pops up. Uh, you can get an email notification. So uh, most likely that's where this came from is one of those. Uh, so yeah, it, it's not surprising that they got pretty early. Um, and also the one thing I don't know is I don't know if Dan is the one who searched the web to figure out what tweet it was where they talked about him on the Erie Commodore or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure where that one came from. I haven't asked him about that one yet, but yeah. Uh, was not surprised when I woke up this morning to see uh, a tweet by the Steel Army uh, talking about it. It's impressive. It's impressive. Um, yeah, I mean, Justin uh, is uh, over on YouTube. Our buddy Justin said, you know, Riverhounds Reddit. So maybe it popped up on Riverhounds Reddit. Um, we're, they, Riverhounds are everywhere, man. That's that's, But that's really cool that we're digging up stuff before the Hounds want to make it official. Um, so guys, that brings... Our official so for those of you who actually are keeping track at home, you'd say, "Hey, that's 18 players." Nope, nope. We're at 17 players. So let's let's run through the breakdown real quick, and and we'll uh, we'll pick out who's missing. So up forward, they're still listing they're still listing Russell Cicerone as a forward, along with Albert Dequa, Alex Dixon, and Josh Gatt. So we've talked about I think all of them on previous episodes. I think there's some excitement there that we can look forward to. In the midfield, we've got our boy Danny Griffin, Kenny Forbes. Uh, Louis Perez, Anthony Velarde, and Todd Wharton, which I think we've talked about all of those guys. Uh, for defenders, Ezra Armstrong, Jordan Dover, Preston Kilwine, Danny Rivera, and Mikel Williams. And then now at keeper, we got Chris Morsh, Danny Vitiello, and Jake Leaker. Now, this is where the fun begins. Um, <laughs> absent from that list is defender Alex DeJohn, which for those of you who are like, wait, which one was that? Alex DeJohn was signing with us from MLS. He had experience with uh, Orlando City. 
And he was sort of the typical Lily build, tall center back. We were originally thinking that he would partner up with Preston in the middle, provide a little bit more experience next to Preston. Um, uh, some people from the Steel Army spotted that he was not listed on the team roster. And we went, huh, what's that about? So he reached out to the team. Uh, never officially heard back on our private channels from the team, but the team pretty quickly put out a tweet basically saying that Alex had left the Hounds to play for Atlanta uh, in MLS. Um, and basically he was let go for free. So the Hounds had in theory signed him. We don't really know what was going on back office. He, you know, there was some speculation that potentially he was offered a little bit less to play for Hounds, but the clause in his contract said that if an MLS team came knocking, he could go for free, something like that. Um, which even that, I don't understand why that would make sense. Um, but we just talked in the last episode about how, you know, it's from a business perspective, it makes so much more sense for teams to be selling players up to MLS. And earlier in the week, I think it was announced that Indy had sold their fourth player up to MLS. One player who never even signed, never even put on the jersey to take a picture, brought him in and immediately turned around and sold him up to MLS for, um, I want to say it was six figures, but it might have been less than that. So this obviously spurred a lot of discussion um, about, you know, should the Hounds have let Dijon walk for free? Um, or should we have collected some sort of fee from Atlanta to make this happen? Um, when we put this out on Twitter, just to sort of set it up, 72% of people felt that the Hounds should have collected a fee for selling Dijon to Atlanta. So, I think I could make either side of this argument. Josh, I have a sense that I know what side you're going to take. So why don't you make your point and then we could sort of have this debate and see where Kevin falls in the middle. <laughs> I like how you predicted that one. Uh, okay, so I, I'm definitely in the camp that it, this is not just this one deal. This is more of an issue I have with the relationship between USL and MLS and like the more of where I want to see that relationship be at where this is not the norm because right now this is kind of the norm uh, as far as the way the contracts work and that kind of stuff is letting them go so that way they have an opportunity at mls which is great for the player i understand that and like i do think that's great for the player but if you sign a contract part of that comes with okay you are you know saying i will be here for the year and if that you want to break that contract there should be some transfer fee or something like that going on where the MLS team throws a little bit of money down to the USL team for that. Now, I the only one thing I saw as far as a good reasoning for why this shouldn't happen, like why it's okay that this happened is it's very possible the Riverhounds to save some money told him, hey, we will have this in the contract where we will release you if an MLS team wants you um, if you're willing to take a, a lower you know, wage or whatever. If uh, So if, if that's the case, I can kind of see, you know, hey, that's the way the game is played. You try to get the player for less money, so therefore you put in these, you know, outs for the player, and it's a good way to get a deal. But if that's, like, we don't know all the details, but in general, we see far too many of these types of contracts in USL, and I want it to be more of a norm that we don't, see that happen, that we have MLS teams paying for USL players um, who are in contract. It would be nice. 
I think that the, uh, while I don't disagree with anything that you said, I think that what is interesting is why, what would the benefit be to Dijon to say, take less money and we'll let you go on a free if MLS comes calling instead of Dijon saying, no, I want more money. And if you sell me to an MLS team, you make money back in return. Like in that case, everybody wins. So I don't, I could see that, you know, we say we pay you a little bit less and you're free to go wherever you want. But from a business standpoint, why wouldn't why wouldn't it just be in the hound's best interest to then turn around and sell the player and make money that way? Like, I guess I I'm mean, not it, because like they're the likelihood of a MLS team actually wanting to pay extra for a player. Maybe is lower. You know, what I mean, like maybe they pass on him if they have to pay a fee. They're looking at like, you know, hey, we want to sign this player. Oh, we don't have to pay the transfer fee or whatever. Like that's, let's just get a player who's not in contract. And then he just missed his opportunity to play in MLS because he's more expensive than what he would be if he was in contract with the Hounds. Um, but I, I feel like that's the risk you take though. Like if you're willing to sign a contract with a USL club, you have to realize like that's the, you know, you, you either bet on yourself and don't sign that contract and hold out for MLS contract or you sign the contract and you, you know, face the consequences. If a MLS team does come knocking, they'll have to be willing to pay the transfer fee. But even with that said, transfer fee doesn't have to be huge. Like 50 K or something like that for a transfer fee for a MLS team is probably not a big deal. It's a big deal for a USL team, like getting 50 K that, you know, that's almost a player. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it's a great. That's a player. That's front office. That's yeah. Yeah. So like it's, I get it as far as business, why it could be beneficial to the hounds not to, or to put that in the contract. So that way they can get the player for cheaper. If that's the case, the other option is, eh, we're, you know, we understand you're trying to build your career. We're not going to hold you down. Like if, if you get a better deal, go get them tiger. You know what I mean? Like, which I, I understand it's, it's nice. It's, you know, fluffy and nice and great for the player, but it's it's just not the way a company, which a pro team should be a company, should be run. Yeah. I mean, I the, the flip side, and then Kev, I want to get your your take on this, is, you know, we, we have sort of, we have sort of established last season that Indy is sort of the enemy. Like, we sort of respect Louisville for what they're doing. Indy's the enemy. And so if I'm going to take the opposite argument of it, it's like, yeah, Indy sold four players um, and it was in the interest of Indy to then turn around and make money. So they're sort of looking at it more from the business perspective, whereas the Hounds are looking more for the interest of the players themselves. And they're trying to build a culture where players feel more comfortable coming here. Now, I think that those two statements are almost in conflict with each other because if you want to come to the USL and be comfortable, you can come play for the hounds, but Indy just turned and sold players up to MLS, which most players are trying to get up to anyway. So like to say that we're building this culture that's comfortable for players. Um, I, I don't think that that's mutually exclusive of being able to sell them to MLS, but you know, if you come and you know that Lily's the kind of guy that is, you know, he's going to help you raise your game. And if the opportunity comes and, and he allows you to go, I mean, I think we obviously don't know all of the details of the Robbie Mertz situation, but this was a case where he left for Atlanta too. And word was that this would get him in front of a lot of Atlanta coaches. So this was giving him an opportunity and we didn't stand in his way. We very easily could have said, no, we know what we've got. 
we're going to try to make some money off this guy and try to sell him. And whether or not that would have, um, you know, prohibited his chances of, of moving up, it's impossible to say. So while I think it's very easy to look at what Indy's done and what a few other teams are doing in terms of selling players up, it, I guess there could be an argument made for saying, you know what, we're, we're financially stable and we know what we are. And so we're not going to put those sort of restrictions on players. <laughs> Kevin's shaking his head. Just no. No, look, I, I think so. I, I mean, I've, there's a lot. Look, this is a complex situation. I don't think there are binary right or wrong, yes or no, black and white answers to any of this. A lot of it's context dependent, but I think there's principles as a club that you can abide by that I think are beneficial for both you and the players. I think um, the whole, the whole like looking out for player welfare welfare thing, I like you can absolutely have that, but there needs to be a respect for the relationship between the player and the club. So, you know, th there there are a lot of examples where player contracts potentially go sour, something happens where players want more money, the club doesn't feel justified for it, contract runs out, whatever. In a way, I mean, that can, like, you can still have a really positive relationship as, as a fan base, as a manager, and as a club to that player and just arrive at different conclusions of, well, I think, you know, I want, I want this amount of money, I want this kind of challenge, and the club just say, you know, we can't give that to you but still maintain this positive relationship between you of, of saying like, you know, we're not trying to like hound you here or anything. Like we agreed to a contract and then we can move on from it. I, I would be really upset if, if the, if the club was taking an approach of saying like, we're going to try to get you for cheaper by putting in something in the contract that says if an MLS team comes knocking, then you can leave. Cause I think that's just like, that's a shaky relationship from the start. I mean, that's, that's saying, like if your head gets turned by, you know, a prettier club, like you, just, you can just go. And it's like, like be here if you're going to be here. And then, you know, and, and we'll, you know, only take a contract that you feel justified taking. If you don't think it's enough money, great. Don't take it, you know, figure out what the market value is and what you're willing to pay for that player, put that contract on the table. And if they take it, great. If they don't, don't. And so just treat the player like a human being, have a good mutual respectful relationship. But this whole, like, I don't know, it, it will we'll pay you less money if an MLS team comes. And it, I don't know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to work that way. I, I, I don't like how all this worked out. I think it's, it's kind of, I think it's silly business practice to just keep letting valuable assets go for free because of this like nice friendly mutual agreement thing. I think that's, I would be, uh, oh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be happy if that was our philosophy going forward. So it feels like on the spectrum, if I'm like tilting which way, it feels like Kevin is much more towards Josh at this point. And I don't, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, this, see, now people can actually see you do that for a change, Josh. So there you go, um, for good or bad. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you guys either. Um, I think that uh, I was I was attempting to make a case for the opposite. But is this a case where, and again, I'm not knocking Tuffy at all, but is this the case where not having an actual GM like could be helping to shape some of these decisions? 
I don't feel like it's uncommon for other USL teams though. Like if this was like only the Hounds ever did this, then sure, I could see that. But like this feels like a boilerplate contract that has that written in or like maybe it's just like pretty common because you don't actually see too many USL side or clubs, you know, getting transfer fees, getting contract, like selling players a contract. Like it just doesn't happen as often as uh, we would like. So it's it's a growing pain. It's something I want to see get more developed and better fleshed out. And I want us to see USL feel more like a pro league and less like a you know a semi pro league or a farm league. And I, like it's it's something that would be nice. And it's not even I want I don't even want to say it's it's indicative of how low standing the club is or the league is. It's more American culture as far as like the way that kind of works like the partnership that you usually see with um like farm leagues and that kind of stuff it, it, it's just something that I, it's a little bit different i feel like and they have to have growing pains and figure it out and hopefully they do figure it out here soon yeah steve uh one of our uh mongols buddies said and that's what we should be talking about when asking if the league has passed lily by so maybe not on the field stuff but maybe some of this off the field stuff. I, I, I don't have enough. <laughs> Huge disclaimer here. What I'm about to say is I, I, I is bull crap and you can just ignore me for a second. But like, <laughs> I don't know how much, like how many other USL managers do have to deal with this? How many other USL managers are getting help with things like a director of sports that would do these kind of things? Um, so, if this is the aspect in which the league has passively by, fine. We, we, we solve that by hiring a director of, of sports and having someone who is there on the timescale of decades rather than, you know, half decades um, and can make long-term decisions about the players that the club need, the players that fit an overall system, and then we find managers that fit that overall system and kind of bring it in, bring it out. And um, yeah, I just, I don't, yeah. And, and, and to your point, Josh, I agree. Yeah, like historically USL isn't a league where we benefit from player contracts being sold and profits being turned, but that doesn't, you know, the league's changing. The sport, the sports landscape is changing. More and more money is coming in to American soccer. And there's no reason to believe why that's not going to be the case in the near future. So um you know if if we're not constantly on the on the cutting edge of of how these things are done in the league then we'll once they get going we'll inevitably be you know having to play catch up a bit and like if anything this year should have taught us uh that we can't rely just on ticket sales and in stadium sales so like we have to figure out other ways for these clubs to make money and this is another revenue opportunity for these clubs to actually get money for their players who are in a contract that they can sell up to MLS and uh, other leagues. So like, this is just an opportunity um, for them to figure that out. I do think it is a lot to ask to have Lily be coach and signing these players, recruiting these players, figuring out the contracts for these players. Like that's a lot of hats to wear. Um, and I wonder if it's less about the league passing Lily by and more about the league being more complex than one person can have on their shoulders uh, to completely micromanage the whole club. Um, so 
having a dedicated GM who is more about the business side of player contracts and that kind of stuff might be something we could benefit from greatly. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think that, you know, we we talk we've talked in the past few seasons about all the strides that the Hounds have made in the past few seasons with bringing Lily and sort of the on the field product. And then, you know, most recently with the new training facility and buying the rights to the to the uh, Highmark Stadium, basically the ground under Highmark Stadium. Um, so from a facility standpoint, we're now sort of pushing the envelope and, and sort of leading in, in ways that we weren't before maybe the next frontier is front office. I mean, now, you know, once we start to see some production on the field, we start to see the academy continue to grow, then it makes sense to invest and bring in a GM that has a vision for all of the various pieces. And I can't, I think we mentioned it briefly on the last show, but, you know, there is talk of a USL women's league that's going to be starting up in the next few years, whether or not the Hounds have a women's team that's associated directly with them. That's all the more reason to have a GM to at least manage both of those teams. If you don't have a GM for each one. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, I, I get the frustration. A terrible approach would be, and I and I know now. I feel like we've largely digressed from where we started from with this conversation. But um, us, no. <laughs> the 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 thing we don't want is to have to to have the like the nuclear option of every time a new manager comes in, we have to do an entire rebuild. Like that's that's no good. Um, we we should be you know. We sh- there there should be someone at the club who whose sole job is thinking what are where our club is positioned three years from now, and and how we get there. Whether it's through marketing, whether it's through player development, whether it's through academy development and bringing up certain players, and um, you know, prom- maybe there's a 15 year old kid who right now looks really promising, and now with the new rules of the USL, we can integrate him. And how are we going to like? I I want to know. You know, are, are the players that we're signing can't you know could we potentially expect them to eventually outlast lily i mean it's so and and would that be okay and and i understand that that's not something historically the usl has been but once again i mean kind of going back to this thing of i i i don't know i i this could be naive um but i i i hope the the soccer landscape in america is is changing and will continue to just accelerate um in in how it's changing um, and I think a lot of that will will trickle down to, to USL and how USL dynamics work. And that includes everything from player contracts to, um, you know, to, to director of sports. So, yeah, I just want to make sure that, yeah, we're on top of things like this. You mentioned, you know, I think you use the word shelf life, which uh, Mark, who's watching over on Facebook. Hey, Mark. Um, he said, what is the shelf life left on Lily? Would that change if the Hounds don't make the playoffs? So we sort of talked about this a little bit. Uh, Mark, thanks for your comment. Um, As we mentioned, anybody who's watching YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, you can leave comments and uh, we can put them up here on the screen and talk about them. We've talked about this a little bit. Um, You know, Lily has done amazing things since he's come in, Um, but we haven't really talked a ton about expectations for this season. Um, I think we all sort of expect the Hounds to do well, but so far it's been what make the playoffs out in the first round, make the playoffs out in the second round, make the playoffs out in the first round. So if we have another season of make the playoffs out in the first round, 
we talk about the progression of the front office and things like that. Do either of you think that if we are out in the first round that Tuffy is seriously considering replacing Lily? Josh, do you think that's the case? No, I, especially at this point with how much Lily is involved in not just on the field, off the field stuff as well. Player like like we were just talking about, like he is pretty much very important to this club. And if that's the case, like I don't see how not making the playoffs would change that dynamic. Now, with that said, I also don't think you can really talk any I don't think he's doing bad on the field as far as the play. I feel like that is good. And that is the issues we're seeing aren't really with his decisions uh with you know during the game. We're we're having issues with stuff off the field preseason contracts like pretty much everything we've just been talking about. So if that's the case I don't think that is a coach's issue. You know what I mean? Like that's that stuff that's on top of being a coach. Um, so I don't think the league has passed him by. I think as far as when it comes to on the field, he is still one of the best coaches in USL. Kev, do you agree? Generally, yeah. And so, but for, for context, I want to say when we when we have these discussions you know, relevant, important discussions around things like a, a GM or a director of sports or whatever. I also understand that in the, in the current year that we've had, you know, an entire seasons of, of attendance receipt, you know, tickets are out the window. Like that's money not going in the club. I, I get that. And that, you know, that, that hampers financial decisions for not only player contracts, but also staff as well. So I, I, that's restricting in that sense. Um, but Josh, I could be putting words in your mouth. Call me out if I am. But it almost at the beginning of what you were saying, it almost said like, reg regardless of what L Lily's shelf life is, like he ha like he has to stay because if he does go, like we got nothing essentially, <laughs> and we just have to find someone else who goes, you know, someone else out there who can come in and do all of the work that Lily has been doing, which is a lot. And I think that's that's the issue is like whether or not Lily's shelf life is coming up or you know or how, how long a shelf life is it's important but i think it's the more relevant question is i i like i want his shelf life to almost be up and that be okay of of saying like let's say it is i mean because what this is his fourth season now with us mm -hmm. you know generally only like very successful managers um hang around you know towards the second half of a decade you know like five plus years or whatever um, I would still say Lily has been a successful uh, manager for, for us, for sure. Um, where we were before he came in and where we are now, it's an undoubt, like it's an improvement. Um, so he's done well in that sense. But in order for him to start being in the conversation of committing to have the clubs in his hand towards, you know, the better part of a decade, we just making the playoffs every year isn't going to be good enough and, and improvements still need to be made. And so when we get to a scenario where we we are starting to look for different managers or whatever, yeah, my worry is it's just our hands are going to be so tied with with the, all the hats that he's wearing, all the jobs that he's doing, that it's going to be really hard to, to make that transition. Yeah, so maybe the hope is is less of, you know, if the Hounds don't make it past the first or second round this year in the playoffs – that we don't look and say, okay, Lily's the problem. He's got to go, but more let's look at what Lily's done in the past four years and how can we help him 
get past the second or third, you know, second or third round of the playoffs. Um, not he's the problem, but what can we do to help him and boost him and, and get him there? So, yeah. yeah just make sure he's not wearing all the hats. That's, right. that's the thing. Like, I will, like you're saying, Kevin, it's like he just, if he wasn't wearing all the hats and he was just focused on winning those games and, you know, just focused on the season, I feel like he could be the top coach in yeah, yeah, yeah. USL. I, I really do. Like, I, it, like, if he had the team of actually, who, who said that? Someone uh, threw a comment. I'll put it back up here. Um, Harry said, give Lily the roster of Phoenix or Rowdies, and you have a team that wins the title every year, in my opinion. Yeah, and like I, I don't know if that's wrong. I don't think it's wrong, honestly. Um, but it's just – go ahead, Kevin. I, no, I was going to say the sticking point, I think, <laughs> is, is – yeah, I mean, I think – I'll say I'll speak personally. My assessment of Lily probably gets unfairly tainted by looking at how we do in the playoffs. And playoffs, we don't like to admit it, but playoff games can be crapshoots. They're one-off games where weird things can happen. Players don't turn up, and then your entire season's gone. the The perhaps more relevant body of work to judge Lily on is regular season. And regular season, he's done very well. And uh, uh, you know in the past few seasons, especially so with the squad that we've had. Uh, so in that sense, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree that, you know, when you look at regular season coaches, he's in, in the squad that we had, he have, it's, he's undeni- undeniably one of the best in the USL. Yeah. 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 I, I can't argue with that guys. I think, um, you know, we we've done a solid 45 minutes here. We could keep rambling about Lily and talk about him ad nauseum. But, uh, you know, we got some preseason coming up here. What, April 1st? So two, three weeks we got us some preseason games. So I think now that we got this whole live thing working, uh, the next the next thing is let's see if we can get some players on here and, uh, you know, get some fans watching and commenting. And thank you to everybody who have uh, added comments and questions and kept the conversation going. Uh, as you've seen, if you're watching this, uh, we can throw them up on the screen. We could talk about them. We could do something that we are very reluctant to do, which is basically overlay the entire conversation on the video. Um, and I'm, we're not going to do that. I'm sort of showing it right now on the video um, and the chat isn't showing up, but uh, we're going to let that be. Um, we're going to indulge Laura Allen's shameless plug of uh, subscribe to Soccer Better. So yeah, make sure you go check out Laura Allen Liz's show, Soccer Better. Um Guys, anything else for this one? Yeah, this has been Good. fun. I, I'm, I'm loving being able to interact with the chat a little bit, bounce it off. Um, I would love to even see us maybe do in the future a Q&A type episode where we yeah. just literally pull up the chat on the screen and start talking back and forth with the chat. It's hard not to like just comment on everything that I'm reading on the, on the chat just because I don't want the audio listeners to be confused. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so maybe, maybe we can do some special live shows that are just live yeah no it's definitely fun but it's definitely distracting because we have sort of all (laughs) the stuff coming in from twitter and facebook and youtube we have our own agenda we have our chat where we're talking to each other like did you see that thing so it's very very cool um we're gonna keep plugging away at this uh again thank like i've i've enjoyed you trying to on the job learn how to become like a host in real time like it's been you're like uh comment like (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I don't envy what you, what you have to do. I like operating a switchboard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hosting yeah. is it looks extremely difficult. But no, no, no. It's fine. And, it, and for those of you who are paying attention, there was a brief moment where I was sort of playing around with the layouts, which is really cool. You now you can see Josh nice and big, and now you can see him even bigger. I don't know why Josh is the one in the middle, <laughs> but <laughs> it's always Josh. It's great. Right, cool. um, but yeah, let us know what you think. We we uh, intentionally didn't schedule this one, which. Uh, for those of you who are around, or who were around last week, and you went on YouTube, you could see that we had a show that was upcoming. We're going to do that in the future. We figured we'll give this one a shot with this system that we're using. Uh, this restream seems to work pretty well, so we will schedule these moving forward so that you guys will know when they're coming up. You'll be able to save it on your app of choice. It looks like I checked; we were live on Twitter, which was awesome. Uh, Facebook, YouTube, all of that. So um, thank you everybody for uh, for hanging out with us. Um, Let's wrap this thing up. Make sure you head over to mongols.com, support the show, uh, become a Patreon follower. Weekly reminder, the Black Lives Matter. Thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to USL, MLS, and UX Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at icarusfc.com. Com. I just realized typically it's like no big deal that I'm reading this and now I feel really self-conscious that I'm looking off to the side to like read it on my phone. So yeah, this is more behind the curtain. Looking for more great USL news, head over to bgn.fm where we now have over a hundred fans that are writing and podcasting about the beautiful game. Many of them were joining us on the show tonight uh, in the chat. So thank you to all of you. Um, yeah. Thanks everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. <laughs> Cheers. Later. <laughs>